The views expressed in our episodes are ours alone and do not represent any other organizations. Our episodes discuss internet crimes against children and cases that involve the exploitation of children and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Welcome to Catfish Cops. My name is Tony Godwin. My name is Brandon Poor. We're so glad that you're with us and you're listening and hopefully liking the podcast and that uh, you're just enjoying and hopefully learning something. Well, we owe the listeners a a really big thank you, man. I mean, things have gone better than average than I think we would have thought. And I've already said, if, if we don't have listeners, then we're just sitting in a room talking to ourselves. Yeah, and well, we do that enough, so I don't know that we necessarily need a podcast. Yeah, you're kind of listening to what Tony and I do <laughs> every day. So yeah. we talk about cases, we talk about child exploitation matters and protections, and then yep. we tell stupid jokes, and then we, you know... Funny stories. I make fun of Tony a little bit. He does. He makes fun of me a little bit, you know. Not usually, but... Only, oh, only please. retaliatory oh, when you on. strike. He is. Poor Tony. He's <laughs> such a victim in this case. That's true. So, yeah, no, uh, you're basically just kind of getting a glimpse into our everyday conversations. Yep. Um, when I call and tell Tony, like, you're never going to believe what this guy said, or, oh my <laughs> gosh, this boyfriend I've got right now is talking about this. And, you know, so you've seen a little bit of that as a, or heard a little bit of that as a listener where you're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Yeah, I, sometimes we'll even like screenshot, you know, things that are going on in our respective UC chats and say, what do you think? What should I say? Like, how should I? <laughs> it's mainly me going, how do I answer this? What do you think? Uh, because I don't like it's It's not even that I don't have an answer. Sometimes it's just like this is so out there. I don't know what to say to this. Yeah, Normal. that's Normal. true. So, yeah, yeah you're just kind of getting a glimpse into that. Um, hopefully, the the other hope is we're hoping that, that we raise awareness, we raise advocacy for this kind of crime, um, to stop this crime, um, and yes. hopefully, you know, in, in the long run, maybe change legislation, maybe make um, tougher penalties, and, and just overall stop the online and sexual exploitation of children. We have uh, grand illusions that uh, we will be able to accomplish all of these things. Yes. And so, you know, the more people that listen, the more people that share, the more people that uh, spread the word and help us spread the word. Yeah. So the Um, more you tell your friends about us, the more listeners we get, hopefully the more advocacy and awareness we raise. And ultimately we want the support to try and stop this from happening altogether. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the cool things that I I think um you know, like we weren't really expecting maybe is like how sort of far reaching yeah our our podcast has gotten. And so like I'm just going to at a very quick glance and we didn't practice or rehearse any of this, but like I just grabbed one of our random ones because we get all these weird like statistical analysis of things. And so from a country or territory standpoint, like obviously our biggest listener pool is here in the U S but we have listeners in Australia, 
Finland, Spain, New Zealand, Canada, Latvia, and Sweden. And that's just I don't. From, I wish I had known you were going to talk about this because I would have learned how to say hello in every language that is covered. Okay, but, well, that's coming up in a future episode then because we're going to practice that because <laughs> all I, I just literally is, grabbed one. All I can do is say hello, and that's just in our language, so I'm kind of boring that way. Well, there you go. And so I just thought, like, whoa, that's, uh, that's pretty bizarre. That's awesome. If you're listening to us anywhere – I just want you to know that we appreciate you and yep. we are very, very grateful that you're with us. I hope that it wasn't a, uh, an accidental, like, uh, I didn't mean to click on this, but <laughs> what is that? A picture of we're looking very, at our logo with the weird fish with a hook coming out of its head. Very aware that, you know, it's probably just our moms in the long run going to listen to us for long periods of time. Nah, so we, we have a good base going and, uh, it's, yeah. it's very exciting. We're, we got a lot of things coming up and I, I know I don't want to belabor. We're going to get into this episode, but, uh, we got big things planned for the future and, uh, some really cool and exciting interviews with some really like much more interesting people than we are. Yeah. Um, we have some plans for, you know, maybe some swag here coming soon. And so we got a lot of ideas it's moving. Yeah, we've got going. some investigators that have reached out and are hopefully <laughs> going to be on to share their interesting yeah. cases. So, hey, if you're an investigator, if you know someone that works these cases, I mean, we are not going to pretend we're the only people that know what we're talking yeah. about at any point. In fact, we're probably the first to say most of the time we are the ones that don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, sometimes we do, but we've heard from a few and, uh, yeah, so we want to hear that story. Yeah. If you have some cool cases or, you know, something interesting, uh, hit us up, hit us on social media, send us an email, you know, go to the website, subscribe or whatever you got to do, but, uh, get us the word and we will reach out to you and try to set something up for a future, future episode. Yeah. So, so where are we this we week? Are. What are we talking about? Well, we're going to discuss a case involving an individual we have named Jeremy Stewart. Um, oh. And Mr. Stewart, um, which Mr. Stewart, I, Jeremy Stewart, that sounds like maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but it sounds famous. But Jeremy Stewart well. was 63 years old at the time. So this is a 2017 case that took place on IRC. Now, IRC stands for? Internet relay chat. Internet relay chat, and internet relay chat. We're gonna just we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about what that is because most of our listeners, uh, most people in general, probably have never heard of that, or if they have, they've heard about it from a long time ago. Um, but this is kind of a different case because normally you hear about us talking as undercover catfish cops yep. um, posing as a child. Um, but in this case, it's a case of mine from 2017 where I posed as an adult. Um, so talk what about that a little bit. What is this you talk about, Brandon? Yeah. So My every time we voice. talk about these kind of cases, Tony sort of defers because he doesn't do the adult talk as much. I have done it um, once, like that I fully recall, um, <laughs> but it's just not. It's just work. not in my wheelhouse. Like I, you know, like I, I stay in my lane, I guess, is where I'm going and modest. I do what works. He's being modest. You can, you do this. Well, but tell them what IRC is. IRC is, is, <laughs> I don't know how to really kind of. It's old school. It is old school. It looks old school. It um, has been around for a long time. Like it's older than Yahoo chat. It's older yep. than MSN Messenger, like 
trying aim. to remember yeah, aim it's, aol aim. it's older than that so yeah. what how do we describe this to a listener who who may not know well first of all who doesn't know what irc is at all uh, what i would i guess maybe where i'd start is you know we've had many discussions about yahoo chat rooms as that was my sort of you know playing in my sandbox when i first came on board doing icac and so even before that irc was v- really where a lot of guys in this arena that we're in, as far as investigators go, dabbled because that was really the place to be. But I think it's fair to mention that IRC is on another level of depravity, (laughs) (laughs) right? That's fair. So let's paint a picture. Yes, I I agree. I think it is fair to say that it is on another, another level of depravity, but let's paint a picture. So when you're talking about IRC, you're talking about a screen that, um, well, let's say what IRC. It's a it's a bunch of servers and and mm-hmm. just like channels of servers. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I'm not going to explain it very well because it's hard to explain it in this medium where you can't right. show anything. But the screen pops up and you are looking at the basic form of chatting through text or through communication like written so like i just had a thought that entered my head like from old school movie war games remember the old school movie war games yeah and the the uh computer you know like the just the (laughs) you're picturing a green screen though yeah but it's not yeah i don't mean it's not green it's it's, it maybe it was at one time because this is from like at least 88 that it was around yeah because Uh, maybe that's when a little before i'm not a i'm not a thousand percent sure but it's been now around we're talking a long time out of our ears because we don't know the exact date. Um, yeah. But I think it was in the late eighties, early nineties, at least um, you can change the color of your text um, and be able to like text in a different color. A lot of times people on there will write out what their, is it 88? 88. Was it I is. right? Oh my I, gosh. I just I was fact correct. checked you right now. And it is 1988. Fact check 88. Oldest and most popular form of computer uh, mediated communications developed far before the World Wide Web. Is this? Is I'm, this? That's a Wikipedia. You're reading. Oh, I thought you were reading from one of that that offender we chronicled <laughs> in a couple episodes ago, where he just sent you the encyclopedia reference guide. No, I was just trying to educate our <laughs> listeners to what IRC is. So it's yeah, it's been around since '88. <clears throat> it is old. School. Where were you in '88 by chance? Were you? Oh my gosh, I was nine years old. You're old. <laughs> Where were you in 80? You were like, I can't hear you. I'm you were 90 years old at, in 1988. <laughs> I may or may not have been in the United States military serving our country, sir. In which war? Revolutionary, <laughs> civil. I take offense to this. He's so easily offended. But when we say like offender, well, not, not everyone's an offender on IRC. Um, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> but a, f- a far there's, cry there's of them a few, are. Um, IRC, when like when someone's chatting, it's not uncommon in IRC for someone to message someone else. So I'm on IRC as, you know, old guy number one and Tony is old guy number two. And when I message Tony, old guy number one says, hey, how are you doing today? And then in parentheses, I may put waves you know yeah while smiling yeah and that's kind of 
common in IRC is they yep. they don't you, there's not emojis. No, nope, there's so none of that. So you only write out what you're even the text is weird. Like I'm sort of a font freak, you know, like in my uh, preparation for court and everything. Like I, I can't have different fonts. Like it's, it just doesn't, doesn't bode well with my OCD. And so even the font is weird. It's like the yeah. old, it's like typewriter font. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so <clears throat> that's literally what it looks like. And so it just looks weird. And then there's weird colors you know, because people change their colors and then and each. So you can be in a room mm-hmm. and then you can have a private message with one user and that pops up in a separate screen. Yeah. Or you can have the chat in the room. So you can have like 50 different windows yeah. open talking to 50 different people. Yeah. And so that gets to be a little bit of a much. Busy. Yeah, yeah, it gets busy. to be busy and it is a lot. And then I guess to lead into where we're going is like the the actual rooms you go into. Yeah. Um, and there, now let's be fair to IRC, right? Yeah. There are absolutely normal rooms. Um, so there are, there, yeah, it's a, there a are. bunch of servers and you can go on a particular server. And then when you go on that server, there's a list of rooms. And so there could be rooms about everything. Like it could be a newsroom or it could yeah. be people from Texas yep. or it could be USP citizens talking to someone else. And it's like just literally just chatting. About anything and everything. That's true. And then there are some other rooms. Yeah, and those other rooms is sort of the sandbox that we tend to jump into with these types of cases because the graphic nature of just the room name yep. may... So this is another one for the kids to be <clears throat> yeah, the not shock, in the room. Shock and awe of things. But what was yeah. the what was the name of the rooms you were a part of in this? Well, so there are some rooms. There are a bunch of them. There are yeah. like there's there's a room called Pick Paste, which is how they there are photos shared. But a lot of yeah. times it's CSAM being yeah. shared in there. Um, and then there's boy and girl Pick Paste, and then there's um, pedo moms, and there's dad and daughter sex, and there's um, I mean, baby toddler love and just all sorts of horrific things that are sexual and geared around kids. And so when we say like the most depraved, the reason we're saying that is because you can go into these rooms and people talk openly and freely and honestly about their sexual desire for children and their sexual interest in children. Uh, we often, when we're out um, teaching, you know, law enforcement around the country, which we have done multiple times, um, you know, we often talk about like if you're just getting involved in this sort of arena um, to do the types of cases that we're talking about, IRC is not where you want to begin. <laughs> no. And if you're not in law enforcement and you're <clears throat> thinking, I'm going to go check out IRC, I would caution that. Don't just don't do it because it is a, it's like saying, I want to go see where drugs are sold and going to like the worst neighborhood where the drugs are sold. Let's go to South America and (laughs) and go knock on, you know, cartel door, cartel door. Yeah. We want to see what cocaine looks like. That's the sort of equivalent to if you wanted to casually check out IRC, I would one, I would caution you against it because in all likelihood, you're going to uh, end up with things that you're never going to unsee or unread. And you may come across and you may be in a room where someone shares child sexual abuse material and that's now on your computer. And now you've committed a crime. 
Yeah. So just stay out. It will, you know, I'm not saying that everywhere has that, but you don't know where that is unless right. you know. Um, so what type of, when I, the offenders on there, they talk openly, they talk freely. They're used to sitting and talking with people about their sexual desires. They are because, and why do they have that comfort level? Because they're all over the place. There have been, they've been doing it for years. I, I mean, there, yeah. there's some anonymity. There is, yeah, and that's where I was kind of thinking is that maybe the listeners don't really get is there is some slight anonymity that comes from it, which is what makes it popular. But I, I don't want to, I mean, obviously we're here to discuss a case yeah. <laughs> that resulted from IRC. And so as a result of that, you are susceptible to being caught. Um yep. So obviously there's not the best anonymity that's out there, but. And then now let's talk about the other um, sort of aspect or component of this case is talking as an adult profile versus talking as a kid profile. So as we said, Tony doesn't do it, but you've been around so long in this field yeah, that you're familiar with that. So talk Absolutely. about, I mean, there's a, there's a common term for this type of case and there's a common, you know, like, so talk about the difference between, undercover as a child undercover as an adult what's the differences yeah well number one is i i think for me the one of the freeing things that you get and when you chat as an adult even though you're talking about the same deplorable sort of topic of you know child sex abuse um is there is a freedom with that like uh the few times i have done that or worked these cases um the ability to be able to just, you know, just go off on a guy as an adult versus not now, being wait, able that to. That doesn't stop you from doing that as a child either. <laughs> no. he Tony is known, or at least I make great fun of him for having fights with his boyfriends often. And I'm like, you it's get epic. in more fights with your boyfriends than I, even than most real people do with real boyfriends and girlfriends. I think it happens more than people discuss. And so like, I'm just bringing it real, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I do pick fights. And so I, I think there's valid reasons for doing so. And, and sometimes it's just good to release a little, uh, so as an adult, then you're it's fine even with better. You're even better. Oh, it's even better. Like <laughs> I've had some of my most epic ones <laughs> in an adult profile. Um, so you can, but you can go under cover as an adult male yep. or adult female yep. or an adult, you know, just with kids or without kids, you can go online as a, as a child. And or, so here's what I know is happening. There's a, a segment of our listeners that are going to hear us talk about what are you talking about? Like, yeah. you know, you're saying that an adult is out there pimping out their, either their own kid or someone else's kid or yeah. someone who they're close to. Yeah. You are expecting me to believe that this happens. Yeah. And I think that's the number one question we get is like, how are you doing? Why? I think maybe even people are more prone to believe like, well, this is too far because now you're just going outside of the realm of reality. Well, in fairness, we have to um, we have to go where we know that children are being exploited, and so we yeah. know yeah. in real life we can point to specific things and cases where we know real kids have been victimized because they were offered up for these purposes by a family member, and then so that brings us into the one of the questions you asked a little while ago is like. 
what are some of the terminology that you have to grow accustomed to? One being taboo. So we hear the term taboo, and that does infer a lot of things, but in the arena where we, you know, have our toys in the sandbox, that's a very distinctive term um, with specific, you know, goals of exploiting children or in a family setting, maybe family fun or incest or things of those, um, that nature, that's sort of the realm of this taboo lifestyle. Now it can also include fetishes and other weird things we've discussed in a previous episode or two. Well, and, and so this is sort of an aside and I had nothing to do. Neither one of us had anything to do with this case, but I saw it in the news years ago, probably three or four now, where this couple is on a plane. So this was a news story, so I'm not you know, t- talking about something that's a real case that we've worked, but it was a news story where this couple was on a plane and someone oversaw these text messages they were sending back and forth. Oh, looking over the shoulder kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, and they were discussing the sexual abuse of one of their children. And they were discussing the like what they were doing or, or what they were going to do. Wow. And when I read this news story, it was remarkable the how close the facts and details of that were with what what we have done and like i it was amazing because at the time i'm chatting or in an undercover capacity as an adult with kids and i'm like yeah this that is absolutely not unbelievable to me because i'm seeing the exact same chat communications in irc and other places that are coming from offenders the exact same way. So, you know, that's kind of a long talk about this thing. Uh, What's the typical name for these kind of cases? You always, you always say it when we're training people that these cases are called with the adult profile. Oh, um, charm school, Yeah, charm school cases. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just drew a blank there for a minute, but yeah, that's, uh, I don't know where that comes from, but he always calls them. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, that's just what the terminology I learned, you know, back in the back day. when Moby Dick was a minnow, and uh, <laughs> you know we were swimming in the same pool. Uh, that's just what they called them, charm school cases. So, oh, but I can't say you're old, so you can. Okay. <laughs> so in this one, I am a an adult female. Um, I know, don't I sound super female? I'm adult female, and I am um, I'm a mother of two children under the age of fourteen. Um, so without giving too much detail about how we do stuff, but that's, I'm under, I have two, two kids, two daughters under the age of of 14. And that's where I met Mr. Stewart. He was 63 years old at the time. And this was in 2017 again, and we were on IRC. So I go into these rooms, um, and I'm in these rooms as this female, um, and I'm in two rooms. One's called dad and daughter sex and the other's called pedo moms. <laughs> and Mr. Stewart introduced himself to me as a 59 year old male and said, you know, like said, ask me the typical, like, where are you from? All of that stuff. And so we started communicating, talking through, through this IRC chat. Um, he is started talking to me about where I live and what I, you know, obviously, you know, my family situation. And so he asked me when he asked me where I lived, I told him kind of a general area and he said, Oh, I live there too. Oh, in that area. And then it was like, as we talked, we realized that we could be neighbors. That was the joke back and forth between us because he was like 
quite literally probably a few miles from where I was. Well, you, you got to put into context for those listening that how rare is that? Oh, it's, it's exceed. Well, yeah. And that's <clears throat> the point. IRC is, they are servers around the world. Yeah. So you're talking to people in, I mean, across the globe from you yeah. in other countries. What um, are the odds you're yeah. going to get somebody that's in the actual area you're in? Right. And so, in. yeah, that, I mean, and there are ways that we try to pare that down, but right. yeah, I could be talking to someone from, you know, Finland or yeah. China or Australia, or I could be talking to someone from Indiana or Canada or South right. America. Right. And then this just, he just happened to live in the North Texas region and wow. just happened to be like miles from where I was. That's crazy. Um, and so it was the one thing about these cases is they tend to be much longer cases. The adult profiles yeah. tend to be much longer cases, right? Yeah. Inherently it, it it does take a lot longer usually to uh, secure one of these. Yeah. So this, this case was probably about a four to six month long case, yeah. but on IRC, I've had cases as long as nine and 10 months, 11 months. Um, and it's not unheard of to, to go that long because of the nature of what, you know, the, the platform is. So, um, it didn't take long before Mr. Stewart made clear that his interest was in the older of my two female children. Oh, um, you've so got boundaries, huh? yeah, between 10 and 12 years old, he was interested sexually in this daughter and he made it very clear. So you're never going to guess or have to guess with many of the people you're talking to in these rooms, how they feel about, their sexual interest in children they're yeah. very open with it very open very honest uh to a fault yeah I they think. like he brought up very quickly you know that he wanted to have sex with my daughter um and if i was open to it and so i started talking to him about that and you know i'm not i'm not gonna say like i that's not how we do things i'm not just going yeah here you go let's have you know sex with my daughter <laughs> it was a long conversation months um so much in fact so he made it clear that he was interested in that he discussed with me what i wanted to have happen sexually between he and my daughter um and yeah. so we you know i didn't i this is not me playing naive i mean other than you know it's like I don't know what to say sometimes. Right. Um, so naive works. So he began grooming me um, by directing me to start opening the doors of sexualization of my daughter, who again is eleven in this case. Right. Um, by showing her pornography. So I know we've talked about grooming of a child, mm -hmm. um, and then we've discussed grooming of adults or you know, guardians of kids. So like when we say we're grooming a child, you know, these are all these things that are done to gain access and to assure that a child doesn't tell, tell. Um, but then you have the grooming of guardians around a child. Well, that's more of a case of like an offender is grooming the adults around a child that they want to have some sort of sexual contact with so that they don't find out or mm -hmm. they don't believe that it could happen, you know, and I think the example we gave is when some famous case comes out and everyone says, no, I can't believe they would do anything like that. Right. Well, that's been a, a case of grooming has happened around that for them not to believe that this is even possible. Well, in this case, this is different from that. 
because this isn't like they're not trying to get me not to know or not to tell or not to like find out. Right. He's trying to groom me in how to groom my daughter. <laughs> so it's like double grooming going on. So he has to sort of teach me how to then teach the kid right. so that he has access to both. And he has to make sure I'm okay with it as a parent and that the kid's okay with it. And you'll see as some of the stuff he says as we go along that he's very concerned about the kid telling something happening or telling anyone that something's going on. So his suggestion is that I start by allowing porn pornography, adult pornography, to be left up on my computer so that my daughter can see it. Starts to get used to it. And- yeah. So, yeah, the introduction of it's not even like don't show her this. Just right. allow something pornographic to be up on the computer and happen to let your daughter walk into the room and see it. And then, you know, if she asks a question or says anything, then you can answer it. That's sort of the start of it. Makes um, you think that the guy's probably um, had success with this version before. Yeah, or that's his like surefire way. Yeah. yeah, and he talked um, about having a sexual relationship with a family member at a younger age. Now he was wow. an adult, and I think they were just underage. But he spoke very freely, said that his that his significant other didn't know about it, that no one knew about it, and mind you, he worked as you know. It's funny we keep having these airport and airline related <laughs> jobs, but he worked. Um, I think was more like an air traffic control kind of thing. Oh, wow. Um, at one point when I was talking to him, he was sort of in the office side of it. And uh, so he talked about like allowing pornography to be seen. And then how would you expect that would progress? He then talked about like, as we progressed and sort of what he wanted to do, then it was, he was sort of starting to get into telling me to show pornography to my daughter. Mm. Escalated um, to some yeah, level. Escalated to where she's being shown. And then it was, you know, watch pornography with her so that you can answer questions and that you can tell her that if she ever wants to try something like this, you know someone. And that was his way of introducing wow. the sexualization to my daughter. It's pretty involved. Very involved. And, and it was like, yeah, like you said, other than... Um, having that sexual relationship, it did seem like this was something that had been successful yeah. in the past. Um, but he told me that he wanted to have me tell the child that I wanted her to experience what she's <laughs> seeing in the pornography with a good friend of hers. And I know, I know some of the listeners are like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no way that's happening. That he told me that or that a mother <clears throat> no, would do just this? that a mother would do that. Oh, that's the sad part, right? Yeah. It does happen. The reality is it's absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, I don't often play a mom. <laughs> or a dad. This, or a dad. Because I've been both. I've been a mom and a dad, a male and a female. And I've been a not even a dad with kids. Sometimes it's you know, a male with access to kids or a female with access to kids. Yeah. But I I have reviewed and seen firsthand through my own eyes. uh, Real cases? Real situations and cases where this has happened. And so as far-fetched and as much as it sounds like BS, it is absolutely not. It is 100% accurate. And so you're thinking like, why would a parent do this? Well, 
A, we agree. Why would, why would they? There, they sh- there should not be a reason why anyone would. Right. Um, but we have seen in real-life cases that sometimes a parent um, thinks that they are helping a child get some sort of experience. Uh, we've seen yeah. what, what are other things. We've seen trafficking situations where there is money involved where so sometimes like a yeah. parent is is allowing a child to be used for in in return some for, financial gain yeah. or drugs or sex or some or, yeah. or money of some sort um and then we've seen you know we've seen other we've seen parents or people with their own sexual interest in a child yep and we saw that in the the barkley case right where they both have a sexual interest in children, right? And one's allowing the other to do something, or gain, or allowing access to a kid, or maybe purchasing a kid, right? So those kind of things are happening, and you know, we're not telling you this for the shock factor. Um, we're not talking about this case for the shock factor. This is a real case with a real offender, yep. And these are very much real facts. I'm telling you the truth. Yep. Well, where to go from there? Well. Um, I was asking things about like, you know, what he wanted to do, how this would happen, um, kind of like in genuine, like, what are your thoughts on this kind of thing? Um, and so he was walking me through a lot of what he wanted to do, how he would do it, how he would get the child to be okay with it and not tell. Um, I asked him about protection. Like, are you going to use some sort of protection with my daughter? Because, right. you know, I don't want her sick. And he said, well, I'm fixed, so she, she doesn't have to worry about getting pregnant. I'll bring lube, um, so mm. it'll be, and I don't have anything. Another giver. I mean, very protective, right? Yeah. Finally, he agreed he would use a condom. Oh. That's... It took, it's sad that it took some work. And it really did, like, it was sort of like he reluctantly agreed to use a wow. condom. Wow. So, um, you know, one uh, one of the things that stuck out as I re as I revisited the case, preparing to talk about it too, is that he had a real. Um, there was a theme going on about meeting out at the pool. First of all, it, the case started in summer. It started, you know, in kind of the tail end of summer. It was still really hot outside. It's Texas, so it's always hot outside. Right. But he was going to the pool because he was on vacation when we started talking. He Mm. was taking a week or two off of vacation. He lived in an apartment. He had a pool, so he was going to it all the time. Um, And so he kept talking about that. But one thing that kind of came to my mind is one of the things we've taught when we teach the parent and the civic groups and things like that is we've seen offenders, I mean, that old adage about predators are where children yeah. are, right? Right. So it's it's absolutely common for child predators to have been at pools yeah. and water parks and public parks where there's splash pads and things like that, right? Unfortunately, yes. It's a sort of a a sad situation, but um it's very, very common. So there's one example we use of of an offender that confessed to several I mean, mm-hmm. several hundred victims. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually caught. Uh, he did a very rare interview. They changed his name in the interview. <clears throat> Obviously, whoever wrote the article, I, I remember reading up on it. And he uh, claimed to have had a, to- you know, I can't remember the exact number, but it was upwards of 3,500 victims over the course of a 30 or 40 year, you know, um, dealings with this. But one of his things, like he would go to a pool and he said, um, he would simply um, 
like you'd see always, you know, little kids, ones who can't swim well are on the side of the pool clinging to the side and they're kind of skirting their way down to the deep end. And, yeah, they're holding on to the yeah, side to be on, able to like right. go deeper into the pool. And then, you know, usually some parents like, no, no, don't get back in the shallow right. end or whatever. And so he said he would, this guy, not our guy we're talking about, but the um, one they did the interview with said he would just sort of sit there in the pool, you know, chest deep. And he would sort of wait. Deep enough water where the kids couldn't touch, but he could. Right. And, and he they would, would have to, like, go, go around, around him. him. Yeah. yeah. And he would literally put his hands on this child and, and move them from point A to point B, which was just a, a semicircle around him. So here, and just to pause you for a second, this is what we were just talking about, right? Yep. This is one of those grooming of the adults around to make it look like it's completely natural yep. and that nothing sexual or, or illegal is going on. It's right. just him. So in his, in what he's making it look like to the parents is he's just moving this child around him on the wall to go around him. Yes. But in reality, he's molesting the child. He would fondle them under the water, right? right? Fondle them under the water, move them on. And then he would just move on. Yeah. So, so it looks as though he were being helpful and just moving the child on to around him. But in yep. fact, he was actually sexually abusing hundreds yeah. and thousands. Of so victims. this guy's admission that he's hanging out at the pool and, you know, yeah, uh, very, it's very questionable. not, yeah, it's not unheard of. I mean, obviously every, normal people go to the pool too, right? but he was talking about this a lot. Um, and he actually told me like, he was going swimming and he would love to have the girls over to swim. Um, my kids, you know, as the mom. Mm -hmm. Um, but he told me too, that he, and this should really cause a little bit of pause for all of the parents listening to us. So, um, don't freak out. You're actually like, I know that you've never, maybe you've just never thought of it, but you take your kids to the pool and what you don't realize is there may be someone like, Mr. Stewart here out right. there. And he told me that he loved going to the pool at his apartment complex so that he could look at the children in their swimsuits. Particularly, he liked looking at the areas of their private parts in swimsuits. Um, he referred to one girl that he said, and he looked, he talked about it in detail. He said he had wondered if that was my daughter because she looked like she was around 10 or 11. Oh, she was wow. wearing a swimsuit and he referred to his, her as so sexy. And he spoke in detail about his sexual desire looking at this child. Wow. Um, and so he, he brought that up because he said, I wondered if that was you and your daughter out there. And I was just fantasizing about this being Jeez. your daughter and the things I was going to do with her, which is insanely scary, right? Because yeah. he's actually looking at a real child and I can't, you know, yeah. I, I can't move yet. So, or I don't, I, it was like we were in wow. the process of stuff. So, so yeah, that was a, uh, that was a very, um, opening. Yeah. Awareness. And so I think that's, where we're going to stop for today in warning parents that, Hey, there are these pedophiles and predators who are out there looking at kids in swimsuits and you'll never know. Right. Um, so my caution to you as a parent is just, you know, explaining the caution to your child about people that might be out there that would want to do them harm, um, yeah. practicing modesty and things like that, covering up to, to make sure that they're protected from those people who would look at them in a, in a horrible way. Right. Um, and just realizing that, that 
not everyone you meet that looks like they're innocently enjoying the pool is out there for that <laughs> yeah. good purpose. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, not to be a nail biter and have to wait till next week, but, um, that's just how it goes. You know, we will, uh, pick this back up. We appreciate very much everybody sticking with us. We uh, hate to leave you at the edge of your seat, but we're hopeful you'll come back and, uh, you know, join us for the second part of this riveting story with Mr. Stewart. Thank you for listening. Go to our website, catfishcops.com and visit us on all the social media sites. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 